Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the Dadhood podcast. Today I have with me Ismail Musoke, and uh, he's happily, mashallah, agreed uh, to come on. And it was really interesting because we have been on a podcast together before. Back in the days, I had uh, something called Ibn Batuta's boat alongside Ismail's brother and uh, Asim. And uh, we got him on as one of the early guests, and it was a very good, very good conversation about diaspora, about uh, education, um, uh, and mindsets of uh, of young brothers, young Muslim brothers. It was really interesting. And then since then, I never spoke to Ismail. And then he randomly he hit me up on Instagram, and I was so happy that he sent me a message, and he told me that he has become a father. So welcome, Ismail. I'm really glad that you're on the podcast. Um, and uh, inshallah, we're going to have a really good conversation. Alhamdulillah. You know, subhanAllah, it's, it's my pleasure. You know, when I saw you pop up on Instagram, I was like, wait, Shaif? Allahu Mubarak. I was like, do you know what? We have to connect because, you know, subhanAllah, Allah Azza wa Jalla, I feel like he sends brothers in your life. You know, he sends special people, unique people um, into your life for a purpose, you know. So I was really, uh, it was a pleasure to be on the, on the uh, Ibn Battuta's podcast. And Alhamdulillah, as soon as you told, I was like, you know, 100%, let's set a date, you know, uh, let's set a date straight away. So Alhamdulillah, I'm glad that it was able to finally happen and we're here today. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So Ismail, usually what we asked our guests uh, when they come on, is we ask them mm-hmm. to tell us um, when did they uh, become a father and uh, how many children do they have? So you want to let the viewers know, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, um, I became a father... Um, oh, subhanAllah, time flies. It's November 2020, alhamdulillah, November 2020. Um, and the other question? Uh, how many children do you have? I'm guessing just oh, one if it's been... Uh... Yeah, just one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one, alhamdulillah. Unless you had twins, alhamdulillah, uh, <laughs> you may have had twins, you never know. It's true, that's true as well, alhamdulillah. Yeah, just the one, Abdullah, alhamdulillah, was born November 2020, yeah. Mashallah, it's amazing, bro. Uh, and yeah. wh- so, wh- when did you get married? So, how uh, how far in between getting mm-hmm. married towards having your child? What was the gap? Yeah, it was about two years. So, um, yeah, but two years, give or take, a few months on top of that. But alhamdulillah, I'd say it's two years, about two years. And how old are you, bro? Uh, when I got married, or when I had the when I had the child. Uh, when you got married, when you had the child, how old are you now? <laughs> you, I'll say when I get married. I'll say when I got married. You know, the, the viewers can do the maths, inshallah. You know, what the viewers <laughs> yes. to think. You know, <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I got married. Uh, I was twenty-two. I got married. Alhamdulillah. Uh, just to, you know, I'll make it easy, inshallah. I was twenty-four when I had my son, and now twenty-six. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. I think you may be the youngest person we've had on the podcast. Then, Allahu um, Echo, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may be the youngest person I've had on the podcast. So that's 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 amazing. And I think mm. uh, let's jump into that first because I got married mm. when I was. Uh, uh, you know, what? I just need to firstly apologize to the viewers. I'm going to be sniffling because I've got a bit of a blocked nose. Don't worry, okay. it's not COVID related. I'm negative, just the weather and all that kind of stuff. So apologize to you as well, Ismail, if you hear me sniffling a lot. Um, so. I got married uh, basically when I was turning 22. I was 21 at the time, but literally the next week I was going to be, I was going to turn 22, right? So we got married pretty much at the same age. And then uh, I had my son, similar to very early in the journey. I had it within the first year of marriage. You had it just two years later. Not much of a difference there. So I know the reasons why I got married early. And Mm. I think I've explained this on the podcast before. And we can go into it if you want, but I want to ask you first. Why did you get married at that age? And um, and follow up question: uh, Did you plan to have the child that early, or was it like, mm. okay, I want to be a young father, or was mm. it that okay, Qadr Allah is coming to my life and I'm going to take it into my stride? Mm. So Alhamdulillah, um, I mean, with, with the marriage uh, marriage journey, you know. So what happened, you know, growing up, growing up here in London, you know, growing up here in London and being a part of this whole lifestyle, um, as you know, there's so many temptations around, you know, there's so many things happening at once. And, you know, being a young man, you always, you always ask yourself that question is what I'm going to do, because the girlfriend thing is off the cards completely, you know, that's, that's off the cards completely. You can't do that. 
you know. Um, so the only option really left is marriage, alhamdulillah. And I know that sounds really crude and that sounds really like, um, you know, really kind of thing. But that, that was that was literally my decision. It's like, okay, this is the only option I have now. Um, at the time, obviously, I hadn't, because when I started looking, I was, it was even younger, probably around 20-ish, um, you know, started looking around and, and, and trying the different avenues, avenues of, you know, trying to find a wife. And um, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa Jal um, blessed me and, you know, to, to meet a really good family. And because um, it was even the family, family, family recommendations, alhamdulillah, that's how I got married. Um, you know, my family knew her family and recommendations on both sides. And we said, mm, okay, let's, let's look into this, inshallah. <laughs> and alhamdulillah, it came from there. So, um, it was always a thing because I just wanted to get married young and I, I, I didn't want to fall into something that was haram or to end up damaging my deen or, do, or doing something that would be detrimental to me long term. Um, and naturally marriage was, I felt like the best thing to do. And at that time uh, as well, I'd started learning um, more about deen and seeking knowledge and learning about, um, you know, the benefits of marriage, um, the sunnahs and, and things like this. So my love for it was just growing more and more. And I just knew that this naturally was the next step for me um, in order to safeguard my deed and also and all the benefits that come from it, as you know, as well. So that, that was it was just natural for me. Um, alhamdulillah. Um, and the second question. Uh, in terms of having your child just within the yeah. first two years of marriage, was that was that conscious? Like, I want to be a young father. We're going to try for a child straight away. Or was it just, you know, Qadr Allah is come along now? I think it was a bit of both. Um, you okay. know, I suppose from young, I always had that vision of being a young father who's able to play with my child without hurting my back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't disrespect to the older fathers, you know, alhamdulillah, <laughs> whenever Allah blesses you, blesses you. But um, I just always had that vision of, inshallah, to be able to be able to have that energy to play with my son, yeah. being able to relate. Like, I don't want the slang to be completely out of date. <laughs> like, I'm saying a word and he's like, wait, dad, what are you talking about? You know, because when you have children young, alhamdulillah, you, there's still, I feel like, an element of relatability. Um, so I wanted to have that. Mm, and also yeah. having the energy to play with him or her. Um, obviously with them, inshallah, because the panels always have multiple. You know, being having that energy to play with them and, and, and being that active father who's, who's present and who's, who's lively. You know, that was always my vision from a young age. And that's, that's something that I always looked up to. Mm. Um, so obviously shortly after I get married, alhamdulillah, we, you know, Obviously, you put your trust in the lies in it, but that was always the plan. That inshallah, yeah, you know, we we yeah, we see where we go with it. Inshallah, and Allah, Allah is the best of planners, you know. Alhamdulillah, can't complain. So, how how come, you know, a lot of a lot of brothers in in your situation, yeah. they would say, "I'm not gonna get married because I need to focus on my career," or "Okay, I'm gonna get married, but I'm not gonna have children because I I have." like this big checklist that I need to get through before yeah. uh, I, I, I can, I feel like I can have children or they say, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for it. I don't feel like I'm ready for it. Uh, I need to, you know, sort myself out before I get there. A lot of brothers, mm. I have conversations with them and, and they say this. So what made you think that this, this, this is the best thing to do rather than saying, okay, I'm going to delay it for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah. So, I think for me, alhamdulillah, you know, having family members, you know, family members who are also taking that path as well, because you're, you're definitely influenced by who you have around you, you know. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the hadith of the Prophet, وسلم, that a person is upon, you know, the, the, the religion of their friends. They're, you know, generally a person's upon the deen of their friends. The people you have around you, the companions you have around you, they have a big effect on you. So seeing my, my siblings, um, people close to me getting married, and because I changed my friendship group to a more quote unquote practicing crowd, um, sure. they were also looking into marriage. So naturally it just inspired me to go down that route. Um, yeah. And because they were also young, um, it kind of took that pressure off me as well, because I don't know, maybe that's just how we are as people. When you can see someone else going down a path and yeah. they're doing it and they're executing it, it just gives you that, that motivation to go down the same path and, and just, okay, mm. I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it as well. So I was privileged enough to have people around me, family and friends who had also taken the same path. Mm. Um, and that inspired me to say, okay, let me go for it. And Allah provided. And also, also just learning more about my deen and about how Allah is al-Razak. Because when you learn about the names and attributes of Allah, 
helps yeah. you to have a different outlook on life. So mm. beforehand, it would have been, okay, I need to have £10,000 in my account, a yacht. I don't know. You, you know these crazy visions we have when we're younger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's random, isn't it? Like a yacht, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini. Then I could maybe think about looking to get married. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's an exaggeration, but thinking that you need to have all of these things beforehand. Um, so now I'm seeing people are close to me who may not have a lot of material possessions and how Allah is providing for them after they get married. Yeah. Um, interesting story, alhamdulillah, even before I got married, I was, I was unemployed, I was out of work. Um, obviously, it took a big, you know, I had some savings and, you know, a lot of trust from my in-laws. May Allah Azawajal preserve them, you know, because I mean, maybe they saw something in me um, and they trusted me, you know, and um, I was getting rejected. Um, I was doing interviews and I was getting rejected. Um, mm-hmm. And subhanAllah, as soon as I got married, bro, I had to, I had so many options that I had to like reject Subhanallah. some. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So you see how Allah provides. Yeah. You see how Allah provides. And I'm not advocating for being reckless. Alhamdulillah, I think planning is so important and yeah. it's important to have a vision. But Allah, Allah is the provider. You know, Allah is the provider. If you, if you make your plans and you tie your camel and you do everything in your power and you rely upon him, Allah is able to do all things. Like there's, there's, there's absolutely nothing Allah's not able to do. So I think my story is just a um, testament to that. Um, I hope I answered your question though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, you did, bro. SubhanAllah. And it's, yeah. it's so true. It's so true. I always tell brothers that um, yeah. there, there are so many stories out there of brothers that when they get married, their, their risk just things, doors start opening for them. Uh, mm. Things come in place when they each with each child that they have, each child brings mm. its own risk, and you find that uh, there's stories of like you know when my child was born, I was you know some somebody provided all these things for me that I didn't think I could afford the the pram, mm. the this, the that. I didn't have to spend any money. Um, even in in my own journey, you know, I got married on a very I mean, Subhanallah, you got married unemployed, right? That's that's even like <laughs> a, a next level, right? A next level. But yeah, for me, yeah. alhamdulillah, I was employed, but I was on a very low salary. It was like 20k or mm-hmm. something like that. And mm-hmm. that if you if you're living in London, yeah. you know that 20k is 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 peanuts. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. you're not gonna get by much. Um mm. and and then pretty much straight away after I got married, yeah. uh my wife was expecting. So that means yeah. that I had to find a place for us to live in together because I wasn't trying to um, live separate. Because when we got married, we were living separately. And we yeah. said, okay, that's fine because, you know, she was still mm-hmm. studying and whatnot. But mm-hmm. when I found out she was pregnant, I was like, nah, we have to live together. I have to take care of you during this this time, right? So we have to find a place. So that was me yeah. trying to find uh, a place to rent on my own on a 20K salary with a baby coming. But Allah. in that journey throughout the pregnancy, Allah made so many things easy. There were there were pay rises, there were promotions, there were people helping me out, there were other job opportunities. Yeah. You know, so many things started coming. You just you're right. You just put your trust in Allah. And pe- people have this this fear that you know if I don't have mm. like you said that ten thousand pounds and that Lamborghini, then I'm never going to be able to do this. But yeah. I feel like it's like you said. Obviously, you need to plan and you need to have something there. But there's yeah, there's a there's a stage that you get to where you're you're unrealistically delaying things, and you're not you're actually not trusting in Allah. You're not believing that He's actually going to provide for you because you're so you you've gone to a stage of being so afraid to take that step mm-hmm. into marriage because you think that you're not going to be able to provide. But Allah gives us the confidence confidence to be able to do that. Uh, alhamdulillah. Yeah. So so yeah, Jazakallah Khair. So moving on to the fatherhood stuff, right? So yeah. when you find found out that your yeah. wife was pregnant, did mm. you feel like I'm ready to be a father? Like I'm, I've been looking forward to this moment my whole life, and mm-hmm. I, I've, 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 you know, I've had visions of how I'm going to be a father. I know how yeah. it all works. I've had good role models around me who've shown me how to be a father. I can go into this. Bang! I'm ready. Yes, yeah, Panallah. Wow, so it's a, it's, a, it's a really good question. Um, it's, I think fatherhood is a journey that, subhanAllah, we can speak about it. And I think that's the whole point of the podcast, speaking openly about it and sharing experiences. But it's something that you can only really know once you've, once you've treaded the path. 
Um, alhamdulillah, I tried my best to do as much research as possible, whether it's from Islamic sources, um, watching different videos, um, and just learning and trying and trying to learn as much as I can. And Alhamdulillah, Allah Azawajal has blessed me as well. My father, we have a very uh, good relationship, Alhamdulillah, giving me some advice um, and, and trying his best to guide me and, and, and support me uh, along the way. But um, I was not ready for what I was about to get myself into, Alhamdulillah, you know. <laughs> I mean this in the best way possible. But it was a roller coaster. Allahu Akbar. Like, I'm sure yourself and all the brothers who have uh, gone through this process can, 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 can vouch what I'm saying is there are so many ups and downs along the way. But when, um, you know, when you're holding that child in your hands, you know, mm. Allah, it's like you forget all of it, you know, and it's just like Alhamdulillah. So, um, but yeah, as I think beforehand, it was, you know, just some preparation was done, reading, research, um, okay. learning about, especially about the Prophet Sallallahu how he was with his children and how he was with the youth around him and really studying into that, trying to emulate that. And also from my own example, my father and other men who I have in my life, Alhamdulillah. Uh, but really and truly, it was just about kind of preparing myself um, because at the same time, everyone was telling me that your journey is going to be unique as well. Yeah, um, and I think that's important to know. Mm. So we can go into that as well, is that you can get all the advice in the world, but yeah. your fatherhood journey is going to be unique. Um, so that should also be taken into consideration, you know. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I'm really glad mm. to hear that you and your father have a really tight bond uh, because yeah. you speak to a lot of brothers um and you find that many of them especially in 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 the muslim community um mm -hmm. you find that they don't have a great relationship with their father especially daughters even more so in uh, yeah. maybe more so the asian muslim community find the daughters have a have a, uh, not a great relationship with their father and that has an impact on when you then become a father you become a parent you become a mother has an impact mm -hmm. on how you uh, your confidence in parenting and your parenting styles and the expectations mm -hmm. that you have. So it's really great to see that. Um, but, and, and also, um, there is that stereotype that even within black communities, that fathers are absent yeah. and uh, okay. they, they are not involved in the child's life. So Who said that, Akhi? <laughs> Subhanallah, bro. <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. So, alhamdulillah, I'm alhamdulillah that, yeah. in, 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 yeah. in your situation, you have, yeah, you know, you don't fall into that bracket. Um, yeah, and maybe if you could just touch upon uh, the, the 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 kind of importance that's had in your in your first um, sort of year and a bit in in being a father mm. of of having you know a, a father to model model off and not yeah. falling into those kind of um, situations that Muslims or uh, um, members of the black community etc fall into. Mm. Yes, subhanAllah, um, it is, subhanAllah, it's a blessing from Allah, it's a blessing from Allah Azza wa Jalla, and I pray that, and I ask Allah to, to, to preserve my father, um, because it is, uh, it is a big challenge, um, raising children, because, alhamdulillah, coming from a, from a background, he came from Uganda, uh, early 90s, um, you know, by himself, um, you know, to, to, to come and live in this country because my parents got married here when they, they met mm. here in, in the UK, alhamdulillah. Um, so coming by yourself and he's at kind of the age I, I'm at now, mid-20s and trying to build a foundation and because you're, you're trying to understand this new environment and then at the same time, you're trying to do what's right Islamically. Um, imagine now because you're thousands of miles away from everyone who knows you, you know, you can do whatever you want to be fair, you know, like... Mm. It's fun a lot. You're, you're in an absolutely new, new country, new continent, so to speak. No one knows you, but to still have that 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 um, element of like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do what's right by Allah Azza wa Jalla and, and try my best. Um, you know, I commend him for that, and I ask Allah Azza wa Jalla to preserve him, to accept all of his good good deeds and actions. Um, but I think for me, Alhamdulillah, it's played a big role in my life having him present, um, being there as as a, as a as a guide, as as a friend. Um, yeah. you know, I like to say that my dad, alhamdulillah, is my best friend. He's, he's, he's someone who, you know, who I talk to, I open up to, who, uh, alhamdulillah, never has, you know, never has an issue with, you know, speaking to, because we can speak about anything, literally, alhamdulillah, and he's always comfortable. So that's always been there from childhood. You know, for, for me, people have always had their superheroes. I remember in school when um, people had their, um, 
everyone had their little superhero whoever you know yeah. mine was mine was that so people draw like spider-man or yeah. let's say we'll have a school assignment draw your superhero some people draw yeah. spider-man some people superman i'll draw my dad you know and, oh, my drawing was terrible bro but i'll try my <laughs> best <laughs> you know i'll try my best you're scribbling and and that that because that was just that's who i looked up to you know that was yeah. my first um alhamdulillah so what 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 impact what impact do you think um your father left on you in in how he brought you up like is there a specific yeah. specific thing that you remember that i'm so glad that my father yeah. did that for me because now i because of that i am now a better father or yeah. now i i am a, this type of person how i uh, who i am now yeah so um i think one thing that stands out for me uh, is 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 the solar I remember mm-hmm. when we were younger and uh, oh, subhanAllah, be, being kids, uh, you know, yeah. okay, alhamdulillah, let's be honest, man, when, you, when you're that age, salah is not the most exciting thing that you want to do <laughs> during your day, like, you're just trying to play video games, I don't know your kind of generation, but, you know, you're trying to play, like, PS2 or PS1 or whatever was there at the time and, and just trying to enjoy yourself, so I remember he would always, he would always want us to pray together. You know, he yeah. would pray always, alhamdulillah. Like, I don't remember ever seeing him not praying. Like, that was something that was consistent. But also praying in jama'ah, praying as, as a family, as a unit. And that was something that he really emphasized. And I remember being so young, but remembering those words that, you know, a family, you know, quote, um, just uh, to paraphrase, he would say, you know, like a family that prays together, stays together, you know, those, those mm. type of words. And he always connected uh, the salah to, to, to bonding. So naturally, I think mentally, it just create, created that connection in my head that right. salah is a time to bond. Now, now I've grown up and I understand that time to bond with, first of all, Allah, first and foremost. But yeah. the jama'ah and being together and after he finished salah, he would sit and would do like dhikr and he would ask us how our day was and engage with us. So, you know, growing up, I've never had that, you know, I think every Muslim child has different connections with the salah, especially as they grow up. But for me, it was yeah. always that bond with it because of that um effort that he made while we were still young to make us love it and the fact that he would he would he would show it as well he would take his time in the solar and you could almost see he was enjoying it and you notice that as a child um you know and this is just a a key to all the muslim fathers is that your children are always watching even though you think they're not watching they are watching and they you know and they might not even listen to what you say but what you do has such a powerful impact so for me anyways that was it the solar and his love that he had for it and his dedication to it try to instill the love um yeah alhamdulillah alhamdulillah that's that is amazing bro it's amazing such a an amazing story and and to see the the impact that is left on you it's uh it's great bro alhamdulillah yeah um, in terms of so i was gonna add something in terms of because yeah. you asked how that impacts me as a father now it's something that i've made a conscious effort to do now alhamdulillah mm-hmm. with with uh, my son is is for him to see me you know if I'm able to lift him up, let's say for one raka'ah or, you know, just to have him close while I'm praying. And if he jumps yeah. on my back, you know, let him just stay on there and just allowing him to be a part of the process. You know, he's very, he's quite young, yeah. um, but Alhamdulillah, just letting him soak in the moment and enjoy it as well. Alhamdulillah, because they, they are watching and they do, you know, they do see that they're watching, you know, they're watching SubhanAllah. No, definitely it leaves an impact, especially if you look at child psychology, it says between the ages of zero to three is where mm-hmm. the, the the child is developing their brain the most. And so the things that they're mm-hmm. exposed to in those years are yeah. the things which create the foundational, foundational developments of their brain. So if in yeah. those years they're seeing um, their mother, their father being close to the Quran, praying all the time, uh, being having good character with people, um, speaking in, in, in good manners, then those things are going to be built up within their own brain and they're going to grow up with those uh, same things and uh, even when it gets to a stage where your child they reach the teenage years and they, they become a bit rebellious and they want because they want to find their own way and they want they want to be their own individuals even mm-hmm. when they get there there's there, there's going to be something which is just like deep within inside them to know that this is how one should behave or this is how one should uh, act towards um uh, other people or towards the dean um so mm. even at that age i always i say this uh, to brothers to make sure that 
they are uh, behaving correctly in front of their children and they're allowing their, their children to see what they're doing. Sometimes you find that parents, and I, I do, I, sometimes I, I fall into this as well, is that you just want a quiet room to go and read your Quran and to go pray or, you know, yeah. but I think it's important, like, yes, have those moments because there's moments where you just need to focus. But I think it's important to make sure you also have moments where you're you're allowing your children just to play around you and you're reading Quran or you're praying or you're doing something which is, uh, you know, will will leave that, that little bit of impact. So when they grow up, like you said, you've grown up and you've now remembered the fact that your father was so on it with his salah, even though he never said that to you that, you know, specifically we should all be on our salah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, he might not have said that sentence to you, but because he displayed that whilst you were younger, you pick that up through the different things that you're seeing. So definitely, I, I agree with your point. This it's, is very, very important. No, it is important, subhanAllah. And, um, you know, I mean, you, you at the beginning, you, you mentioned um, about the, the Muslim community and, um, you know, it's, it's a serious issue. I think um, there is this, um, there's a quote that some people use in, it, in regards to fathers and they say present but not present. Meaning yeah. um, there, are, there are a lot of Muslims and I've just noticed this a lot of Muslim households where we have fathers who are present, but they are not present. Um, and what yeah. I mean by that is being present in the lives of their children. Um, so, for example, they might wake up in the morning, go to work. After work, they go to the co coffee shop with, you know, other friends, come back quite late. Um, and then they're just getting coming back to get ready to do the same thing the next day. Um, so what happens that the children they grow up without that connection and this is just from speaking to different brothers i know and and just uh, from my observations um many muslim um, families they have fathers who are there but they're not present um so it's, it's an intentional thing it's definitely intentional um to, to 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 be present to be there in the moment whether it means putting even when you're at home putting the technology aside um, yeah. and just being there in that moment and subhanallah this is me now speaking to myself, first and foremost, um, being present in the moment and really um, just savoring that moment with, with your child. And that will stay with them for the rest of their life. You know, that's like a stamp that's on their brain um, that will grow with them. And inshallah, they'll pass that on to their children as well. Um, yeah. From generation down to generation. So, yeah. You know, the, uh, this point that you bring up about generation, I, I was mm. just speaking to some, some brothers, uh, I've I've started this this group chat with uh, brothers that I know um, who are married, uh, but they don't have kids yet, and okay. uh, just to basically give them some advice on the the steps towards fatherhood. And uh, we were speaking in that group chat about the reasons why we should have children, uh, and I'm going to ask you as well, inshallah. But one of the points um, that came up was directly raising the next generation of Muslims. And it's such a, it's, it's a deep point. On the surface, it doesn't look that deep, but it's actually a very deep point because if you think about the type of institutions that we have uh, here in, in, in the UK specifically uh, for Muslims, uh, outside of the educational institutions, I mean things like uh, sort of empowering projects, you know, uh, trying to build the wealth of the Muslim community here, trying to protect the rights of the Muslim community here, trying to do anything that basically protects the community, empowers the community, develops them and makes them into more kind of uh, active citizens in, in, in society or people who can, uh, a community that can basically flourish, right? So you, you, there's, there's loads of um, organizations and charities and projects that exist that, that do those things. Mm. But, and those are very important, but the, the biggest impact that we're actually going to have for the Muslim community and its development and its growth here uh, in the UK specifically is through the parents because the parents are the ones who are the first teachers of that child. The parents are the ones who are the first teachers of education, of knowledge, of manners, of uh, dealings. Like there's a famous saying that your, your mother is your first madrasa. Mm -hmm. So it goes through the parents. And so no matter how many projects and community projects and empowering projects that we have, and we should have them, I'm not knocking them, but no matter how many we have, if, our, if the parents are not doing the job and are not intentionally 
uh, uh, raising their children with the intention to make them into the best members of society, then this community is not really going to be moving forward. And so sometimes we focus a lot on those empowering projects and we tend to forget the role of the parents and the relationships that they have with their children. And I'm talking about this even outside of teaching them anything Islamic. I'm saying just the very foundations of tarbiyah, which is just teaching them to have good manners, just being present in their life so they grow up with a confident psychology that I've had my parents present. They've given me uh, enough attention so that I can go out into the world with a, a confident personality, a developed psychology. I'm not missing anything. There's nothing. There's no, there's no void there. And, and this is all before teaching them alif bata and teaching them uh, uh, the, 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 the aspects of their deen, right? Um, and, so in, and just doing that, being present and sh displaying love towards them in their early years can actually, uh, I believe, will accelerate the Muslim community forward way more. Um, and then the additional things of those community projects and whatnot, those things will then, inshallah, help. Yes, subhanAllah, you've made some really good points. Um, but that's true. The, the family, the family, that is the unit where it begins. You know, that's where everything begins. You know, even Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions in the Quran, in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu qu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara. You know, Allah mentions that, oh you, um, oh you who believe, save yourself and your families from the hellfire. And different, there are different ayat that speak about the importance of family. But this, this ayah really stands out for me is because it's a command that Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling you, save yourself from the hellfire. How? By, you know, by seeking knowledge, implementing what, you know, what the commands are, um, what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has commanded us to do, staying away from what he, he doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't want us to do from the prohibitions, um, and then striving towards what he loves. Um, but then after that, you've done that for yourself. The next step is for the family, you know, your, your families, your, your, the people who are around you. And as we know that, from the family, because a community is 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 um, is made up of different families. It's, you know, you've got the family unit, your own nuclear family unit. Then you've got extended family. Then you've got the community. So it's all connected. But it always goes back to this nucleus, which is which is the Muslim family. And every one of us has a role to play. Subhanallah. The mother, you know, may Allah Azza wa Jal preserve all of the Muslim mothers um, who who are striving and and trying their best um, with sometimes very little resources and and doing what they can. Uh, whether their husband is present or not, still the, the job, you know, is, is amazing. So I look at my wife, um, may Allah Azza wa Jal preserve her, my own mother as well, and I'm just blown away. Like, subhanAllah, how do you do it? You know, they do like 50 things at once, and you're just like, subhanAllah, how do you do this, you know? Um, Alhamdulillah. Um, then you've got, obviously, the fathers as well. Um, really important role to play, which I feel like sometimes is, is, is uh, maybe we can speak about this more. I think sometimes it's underlooked. Sometimes it's, mm. Um, and maybe it might not even be intentional, but I, I feel like sometimes in our community, the father is kind of, you know, pushed to the side and everyone loves to bring the hadith of your mother, your mother, your mother, yeah. then your father. And they, 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 it's like they whisper, and then your father. It's like, guys, come on, like, <laughs> you know, um, alhamdulillah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a team effort. And, you know, we, we've got this saying, it's, it's an African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. It's, it's a saying yeah. that's become so popular and everyone uses it. But it's true. You know, the uncles, you know, even like my brothers, you know, alhamdulillah, they're active in the life of my son, um, yeah. my in-laws, alhamdulillah. It's like we all come together um, and, and it takes, it really does take a village because there are certain things that my son can learn from, my, from his grandparents, from my parents that he can't learn from me. Yeah. You know, there's certain things that he can learn from my brothers that he can't learn from me. So mm. it's like he's soaking in all of this experience and wisdom from these different sources, which makes him you know, alhamdulillah, it's even better Muslim and inshallah ta'ala, better Muslim man and father when he, when he gets older as well. So, and even my friends as well, like different brothers I know, alhamdulillah, you know, I, I sometimes bring him to the masjid and allow him to just be around brothers, you yeah. know, and as he gets older and they're able to speak to him, inshallah, they'll pass on some advice and, and, and you know, mm. things to him. So, it's that village, you know, the community and uh, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I've, I've realized that maybe we've become slightly affected by the environment in a sense where the western way is kind of like me my wife and my kids yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know and it's just us you know um and i feel like this is something that 
when we look at Islam, it's the complete opposite. Look at the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. His uncle, the, 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 his grandfather, the role his grandfather played in his life, Abu Talib, um, you know, his uncles, his aunties, everyone, the whole village came together. And mm. Alhamdulillah, look, look who we became on to be. Look who he, look who he uh, went on to become. Um, mm. So, yeah, I just wanted to make that point as well, that it's, let's, let's work together, let's help each other, let's support each other. 100% bro I, I agree with you it's, it's so true You're right You see it in the yeah. seerah um, And and I do find that there are um, You know brothers uh, Families that, that have that aspect You know We keep ourselves to ourselves But You're not actually doing any favours For your children By keeping yourself to yourself Your your children need to uh, Absorb the, the, the lessons And the wisdoms And just the mannerisms from people around them of different age groups as well um mm -hmm. and so they can they, they 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 get this holistic development uh within them from females from males from olders from youngers being in the masjid being in sports being in different areas um and, and they're not gonna get that holistic development only just within the household so i i, I agree with you 100 percent yeah I, you know, subhanAllah, I think very early on in my life, uh, but sorry, my fatherhood journey, sorry, uh, I came to the realization is that I'm not going to be do, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. No <laughs> way. Like, I need the village. Where is the village? I'm going to call the village. You know, subhanAllah, we need the village right now because subhanAllah. It, I was, I was speaking to, yeah, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah I was saying that, um, you know, I just came to that realization so early on. Because, yeah. okay, I always had the vision that, inshallah, his grandparents be active in the life and all, the, all, all of our family and in-laws, alhamdulillah. But, you know, it became real once he was born and started growing because now you start to realize that, alhamdulillah, you know, that support, it does go a long way. Even taking a bit of burden and pressure off your wife, alhamdulillah, mm. to have a bit of a break. Maybe even for you guys as a couple to have some time together as well. Yeah. Um, and the child, alhamdulillah, they really benefit. Like, I don't know how it is for you, but whenever he's around his grandparents, it's like he's just enjoying himself, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. you don't have anything to worry about, you know. They just, um, they're both enjoying the grandparents and, and the child as well. So it's about being intentional about building those bonds and yeah. really making that effort. And maybe sometimes, and, and I know this is so hard as parents, I know this is so difficult, sometimes taking a step back and just, you know, letting it, letting you know, him or her go for a little bit and, and enjoy themselves with your family. And, you know, because obviously as a parent, you do have that bond. You want to be around the child all the time. But yeah. it does take a bit of courage and it does take a bit of um, forbearance, a bit of patience to say, do you know what? You know, let, let yeah, me yeah. step back a little bit. And you'll see the benefits long term, alhamdulillah. Oh, and by the way, by the way, the child will always love you. He'll always know mommy is mommy. Yeah. And he or she will always know daddy is daddy. Like your position definitely. is, is, is going to be there, inshallah. Yeah, it's still going to be there, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stepping back in, in all aspects of life is, is very important. Having moments mm -hmm. where you can step back and you can reflect and you can have time away from what you are doing will only mm -hmm. improve that very thing that you're trying to do. Right. You allowing yourselves as a couple to step away from your children and go away and do something, whether that even just be a short date night. But it will give it will strengthen your bond, which will then strengthen the bond you have with with the children. And even when it comes to other things like your work, your career, things like that, if you never took a holiday from work, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to have to take some time out from work so you can relax. You can have time away from thinking about anything to do with work. And usually when you come back to work after a holiday, you feel refreshed. You feel like you can, you can, you can come back and you can um, contribute to the team much better. So uh, um, even when it comes to uh, seeking knowledge as well, you know, uh, some, some of the scholars say that actually going abroad, going into an environment somewhere else outside your locality to go seek knowledge can sometimes bring you a lot more benefit. Yes, you should seek knowledge in your own locality as well. That's important. But sometimes stepping away and gaining the knowledge there, because it's another environment, you're stepping away, you're putting yourself in another space, you're able to gain so much. And then when you come back to your locality, you can then come back with a lot more uh, benefit towards um, other individuals and uh, to yourself as well. Um and you know the point that you said about your your grandparents being so your 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 son being so happy around the grandparents and the grandparents then being so happy that they're with their grandson. Uh, yeah. One of the brothers in that group chat that I mentioned, uh, he gave a reason mm -hmm. to why we should have children. He said, 
even just for the simple reason of making your parents happy. Allahu Akbar. I was blown away. I That's never so thought about that. I never yeah. thought about that intention when I had a child. Yeah. Right, because you're uh, may, that I think, that, and that's a big fault of my own that I didn't think of that. I was very self-absorbed. I was very much thinking about all the reasons I would wanna have a child. Right, although mm-hmm. those those are not r- wrong reasons, but I never gave mm-hmm. the thought that this will actually make my parents happy. And I've seen that, and everybody knows this. When a what your you know your parents love every, all parents love grandchildren. You know, I, uh, yeah. and 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 that that's just a given, and so make that intention when you're having children, then uh, subhanAllah, imagine how much reward you could gain because you've made the intention that you want to make your grandparents and your parents happy. Uh, and and that holds so much weight in the deen to make them happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that his happiness is mm-hmm. in the happiness of the parents. So for him to be happy with you, you know, if you make your parents happy, he will be happy with you. So that's that was just like uh, mind-blowing and, and it really kind of... Uh, made me step away and think wow subhanallah Allah says in the, in the Quran that we have commanded you to uh, to worship none other but Allah and to, and to your parents show bir like excellence uh, you know you know go go out of your way for them you know mm. um, and subhanallah I really I love that point. You know, one of the ways to to serve them and to make them happy is is to is to alhamdulillah grandchildren grandchildren <laughs> alhamdulillah. You know, it's such an amazing. I can't describe the feeling that I get in my heart alhamdulillah when I see you know um, when I see them holding holding my um, alhamdulillah holding my son and mm. the, the, the the subhanallah. It's like because for them from their perspective, it's almost like they've had another child. Uh, you know, literally, that's it. It's like they've had another child because this child is an extension of them. Um, and then from your perspective, it's like, alhamdulillah, seeing that smile on their face, seeing them, um, you can't put a price on that, subhanAllah. You really can't put a price on it. And it's, we, you know, we ask Allah because obviously, as we know, that actions are according to their intentions. You know, you're rewarded according to your intentions. So imagine even beforehand having that intention to please your parents. That's a reward. And I always tell, I always tell, alhamdulillah, brothers, and it's a reminder to myself, first and foremost, you know, you've got to be like a hustler for them deeds, you know. You've got to be a hustler for them deeds. You've got to be an entrepreneur, bro. You've got to have multiple streams of deeds. You Definitely. know, you know how everyone's speaking up multiple streams of income now? You've got to have multiple streams of, of deeds. And I feel like a really, a nice stream of deeds, alhamdulillah, is, is to have a child. Um, you know, contributing towards the ummah, alhamdulillah, in a positive way. Um, you know, bringing more Muslim children into the ummah. Um, also for yourself as well, inshallah ta'ala, we know that when a person passes away, everything leaves them, um, all their deeds stop except for three. Amongst them is, is, a, is a child, a righteous child who makes du'a for you. Um, so there's so many different ways to earn. Also earning rewards through looking after that child because when you're in service to your family, that's an that's a, um, a, a opportunity to earn rewards. You teach mm-hmm. them something. As, uh, that could even be a sadaqah. Imagine you teach your children al-fatiha. You know, I've heard of stories where parents are competing; they're fighting to teach their children. <laughs> that was that was me and my wife. That was me. And, I, and I came home. I came home one day, yeah. And my son, yeah. my son is uh, saying some of the first ayahs of Surah Fatiha. I'm like, what are you doing? So whilst I'm at work, yeah, you were just like drilling it into them. So I ain't got no time to get in there. <laughs> yes, yeah, Allah, because it's you know, imagine seventeen times a day minimum and. That reward goes back to you as a parent, and then they go to teach their children. Alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa Jal, um, you know, he's, he, he's blessed me that um, I believe I'm a f- fifth, fourth or fifth generation, alhamdulillah, Muslim. Um, I'm a fifth generation Muslim, alhamdulillah. Going back through your lineage. <laughs> <laughs> going back through my lineage, alhamdulillah. Um, and my, see, my great, great, great grandfather, he embraced Islam, alhamdulillah, a time where Islam was something very new in Uganda, in the country. Um, actually, there were some people who'd come to do trade. And um, they say, basically, there's a word we use in um, Uganda. It's called bayindi. So mm. we that can be used for, it could be used for an Arab. It could be used for uh, someone who's, uh, you know, from an Indo-Pakistan background. So we're not specific about the background of the people who came. But they came and they gave da'wah and alhamdulillah embraced Islam. But imagine yeah. now, 
you know, five generations later, um, my family literally, start, you know, alhamdulillah, I've got hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of people within my family currently. Um, and he's earning the reward from all of that. That is amazing. May Allah Azza wa Jal grant him Jannah, Jannah to Fudas Al-Ad. Just that decision to say Shahada and then give birth to Muslim children who gave birth to Muslim children. And here I am in London, Alhamdulillah, speaking to my brother Shaib. You know, it's like, you know, you can't make this stuff up, you know, but that's the kind of vision that we need to have as Muslims, like, you know, having that long-term vision. Um, mm. I thought that's kind of lost at the moment. So inshallah ta'ala, we need to bring that back of, of having a long, not just thinking about me, but the generations after me. One of the ways is through obviously having and nurturing Muslim children. But it's through other things that you do as well, having an impact in the society as a whole, doing yeah. you know legacy projects, creating things mm. that are going to outlive you, creating things that, inshallah ta'ala, are going to inspire Muslims generations and generations to come. Yeah, the same 100%. way I was inspired by Mike, because I found out about him um, as I got older. My father sat me down and started telling me about the family history. And that's what I learned about him. And that inspired me even more to be even more like, you know, serious about my deen. And, and, yeah, so, don't, don't let his... Uh... The hard work that he put in to take that decision yeah. to, to to go to waste. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah subhanAllah. That's that's amazing, bro. You've just got stories after stories. MashaAllah, uh, <laughs> 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 tawarakallah. Uh, alhamdulillah, you come from a very, very blessed family. I know um, your your brother very well. Um, and uh, mashallah is uh, an amazing individual, amazing brother. Um, I was just thinking about something, and I think... It's mm. something that you, you could comment on. So I put up on my Instagram maybe sometime last week. Um, what are your um, assumptions about fatherhood? Um, and uh, somebody said that you won't get any free time. Or maybe it was assumptions about marriage, actually. Uh, either one or two. Assumptions about marriage or fatherhood. And, and the person said you won't get any free time. And I said to them, I had to think about my reply. And I was going to, I was going to say, you know, yeah, but da, 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 da. But what I, I ended up saying after thinking about it for a while was rather than having free time, you get focused time. Mm. And I think there's a big difference between free time and focus time. Because free time means that you could be doing anything in that time. But focus time means that you have intentionally decided that in that moment, when you don't have other responsibilities uh, for that hour, you're going to spend that hour doing something productive. You're going to spend that hour doing something which is um, going to be beneficial for yourself, for your family, for your deen, for your akhirah, um, uh, for your life now as well. Um, and I think marriage does teach you th that and fatherhood teaches you that even more. Because of the time constraints you begin to have, and you've obviously been through this, not being married, how much time you had to being married, how much time you had to now being a father, how much time you have. And... Um, those time constraints then push you to make sure that using the most of your free time and turning it into into focus time and for me what that time has done and made me realize is uh to the importance of um building on our uh, our sort of relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because outside of that time a lot of your focus is going towards the responsibilities that you have with family, to work, to this, that, one. And of course, all of those things do line up with a reward, do line up with your uh, worship and your servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, working, earning money for your family, uh, being there for your family, all those things do. But there is obviously um, specific moments you need to connect with him when it comes to direct acts of worship, whether that's reading Quran, that's salah, that's seeking knowledge, etc., and I think those those focus times really made me uh, um, kind of take advantage of of those things rather than thinking, oh, free time right now, I'm going to turn on the PlayStation, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that. It made me really take that seriously. Um, and so I always do tell uh, brothers that some of the things that I've learned from marriage and from fatherhood is um, that it can develop you into a, a, an individual that wants to and has a passion for coming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's not to say that brothers who are not married are away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we even know scholars in our past who have who have not been married and they are giant scholars of our past so I'm not saying that not being married but what I'm saying is that brothers who think that once I get married and have children I'm going to stop developing because I have to give my time to this and that and whatnot 
but I think they 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 have it wrong. That actually getting married and having children can actually push to develop you spiritually, develop you mentally, develop your character a lot more than uh, than if you left that off. Um, and uh, you know, another example outside of maybe just developing a relationship with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is developing your own character. When you have children, and I'm sure you know this, this tests your patience. Yeah. You, I'm sure you've been through already the nights of not being able to sleep much, having to wake up in the middle of the night. Um, when your uh, your son, he's obviously very young. He doesn't listen because he's young, right? And so it tests your patience. It, it can anger you sometimes. Um, and uh, it can make you very tired. And in those moments, you have to focus on your character and your responses. But if you were never put in those situations, then years could go by without you having to challenge that behavior that's built inside of you. And then later in life, once you do maybe have children and you do get married, all of those habits have already been hardwired inside of you. How are you going to change them? Right? So getting married earlier on and developing your own character and developing your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it has a, a lot of benefits. So I thought, I feel like you have uh, an experience in this. Um, we haven't spoken about it, but I can can see it somewhere you know looking at your face that you 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 also kind of agree with me so what would you say about that uh so what would you like me to respond to specifically alhamdulillah you gave a really good uh... <laughs> sorry man i talk too much um so specifically about how you feel um marriage and fatherhood has brought you closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather than or, or, or just developed you in a way mm. in which um, you probably didn't get that, that development prior to this stage in your life. Yeah. Um, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, I think for me, it's, um, it's had such a big uh, impact on me and my development and on my growth as, as, as a man, as a person, as a Muslim. Um, I think... First of all, reflecting on the blessings or the uh, favors of Allah Azza wa Jal from the beginning process of when you find out that inshallah ta'ala you're going to be a father throughout those nine months, uh, give or take, to when the child is born, each step you're seeing signs from Allah Azza wa Jal and I knew immediately that this is not, this is, this is not in my hands, this is not in my control. You know, I, I immediately understood from the beginning that, you know, this is, you know, I've given this to Allah Azza wa Jal and it strengthened my trust and my tawakkul Allah, um, in Allah Azza wa Jal. You know, subhanAllah, Allah blesses you with this child, you know, um, and, you know, subhanAllah, I remember, you know, even just to go to when he was born, holding him, holding him in my hands. Um, and subhanAllah, it was, it was like, Allahu Akbar, you know, what did I do to deserve this? This is, this is from Allah. This is, a, you know, this is a blessing from Allah. This is a blessing from Allah. And throughout the whole process, it's just made me want to draw closer to him more. It's made me want to be better. You know, when I'm outside and let's say someone tests your patience, we live in London, let's be honest, you know, you're not going to spend, you know, years and years living in London going up and down and, and doing things and you're not going to be tested, you are going to be tested and, 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 and you're tested and you have that second thought in the back of your mind. Obviously, first of all, as a Muslim, that's subhanAllah, I should have good character. Mm. Um, but also, I've got a son at home, you know, and mm. what kind of example, if I react in this situation um, negatively, what impact is this going to have on him? Um, and obviously, yes, even with, with, the, with the wife as well, it's the same thing as well, but even more so with the child. Because um, obviously he's looking at you as an example as well. So it, it makes you, uh, in terms of refining your character, you make, you take, you're extra cautious. You take more steps uh, or you take more cautious steps before making decisions and you always refer back. You know, you have those conversations with, with, with your family, alhamdulillah, um, before taking those steps. But also you, you consider your, your child as well. Um, yeah. It, it's made me um, just draw closer to Allah and Azza wa Jal because, you know, you always want your child to catch you in a moment of greatness. Um, you know, we, we spoke about earlier on in the podcast about um, children looking at your actions even more than what you say and what you do. 
um, but you would you, you want your your child to catch you in a moment of greatness and the only way he's going to catch you in that moment of greatness is this is if this is who you are and how you live you know uh, it reminds me of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam after he passed away um, and what the companions did they went straight to aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha because they wanted to know how he was in his home this same prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam we used to see coming out with so much um compassion and love and patience how was he privately because mm. it's so easy to be one thing outside and to be completely different inside uh, inside the home it's, it's 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 easy to do that especially now on social media i can create a whole image of myself and have mm. the whole world thinking i'm this great guy but behind the scenes i'm um you know i'm a tyrant i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm an oppressive person so what this has done is it's uh, you know the whole process of being a father and getting married and everything is it's made me want to improve who I am even privately with myself and when no one is looking um, because that's what's important and Allah knows best Allah knows best which deeds are going to be accepted you know whatever I do outside whether it's you know this podcast or other things I've done publicly yeah I don't really look at that as something that I want to be oh I pray I ask Allah to accept it from me but I don't rely on it I yeah. think it's private things when no one is looking and and having a family gives you an opportunity to do private deeds and 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 Allah knows best that maybe those will be the deeds that will be accepted from you and um, because of oh. the sincerity behind it so um now alhamdulillah um we've come to about an hour now uh so i'm conscious of time i wanted to ask you something just to wrap up which is to give me um the fondest uh, or memory at the moment or the best experience you've had at the moment uh, in fatherhood? What, what has happened? What has been like kind of top, top moment so far in the past kind of year and a half of being a dad? Allahu Akbar. Bro, you can't, you can't do this to me, man. Oh, SubhanAllah. <laughs> you have to think of the spot. Can, can, There's too many moments. You can pick three. There's so many. Um, okay, so I'm going to try and go back and then move to where we are now. Um, I think one of them was was when he first said Dada. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's fine, nothing beats that, you know, just hearing him. <laughs> was Mama I, first or Dada first? Dada. That's one for the lads, yeah? Uh, there's always that every household I don't care who you are every household there's always that thing like is he going to say Baba first or is he going to say Dada first uh, but yeah Alhamdulillah he said Dada first and Wallahi that you know nothing nothing can beat that you know that, that was one of the, the, the top um, two um, I think there was there was I would like to share a moment that I had with him Alhamdulillah um, we were you know I was just holding him and you know, there's nothing particular that happened, but I was just holding him and looking at him. And, you know, I think I saw a bit of myself in him. Uh, yeah. And then he was looking at me. But the way he looked at me was like, because, you know, obviously when a child is is early stages, they're kind of looking into blankness. Um, or when, even when they're looking at you, it's like they're kind of looking through you. Or they, But for, I don't know, this moment that I had with him was the first time he looked at me directly. And I felt like he knew me in that moment. So I felt like he knew me, daddy holding him yeah. um that was a special moment uh and the third moment is alhamdulillah when he started walking <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, just... that's when you realized damn yeah. i'm gonna have to run after this kid now <laughs> <laughs> Allahu Akbar. how about yourself um oh switching it on me yeah yeah um Oh man, you're gonna make this is this too much for me now because my son is three and a half and my daughter is one and a half and so yeah. um yes yeah, so there's a lot to think about um let's see you're putting me on the spot here man um, <laughs> I would say I would say um I mean very recently something that's 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 hit me quite deep maybe i'll just i'll just do this one is um he's starting to he started now to kind of live his life a little bit away from just being a baby so he started nursery just in the past week or two he started uh, football training as well today he went football training um uh he you know he has 
his like favorite foods now. He has his like favorite nasheeds now, uh, things like that. So um, he's he's kind of like become like this like little mini human. Um, and it's in these moments of like, for example, dropping him off to nursery and realizing that, you know, um, I am his dad and I am taking him to nursery and I'm, he's going to go and he's going to experience things. And I have vivid memories of nursery. And so I know what the types of feelings that he's going to have and the experiences he's going to have. And I vividly remember my mom dropping me off to nursery as well. So it's kind of like roles have changed and life has come full circle where I am now in the seat that my parents were in. And, um, you know, and I, I'm doing this for my child. And when he comes home from school, my, my wife makes him like a little, you know, fish fingers and chips and, you know, a little snack, after school snack. And it's like... That's what I would have eaten after school as well. And then, the, you know, I was playing him uh, Nasheeds that I listened to when I was younger, you know, um, and uh, growing up. And I have vivid memories of those Nasheeds. And now I can see him enjoying those as well. So just the past sort of like weeks seeing this, it, will, it gave me a really, really deep emotion. And um, it made me just kind of realize that life becomes full circle and um, and that the experiences that he is having now is literally gonna live with him forever, and you know, uh, if obviously, inshallah, his memory stays intact and and all that kind of stuff. There are things that can happen later in life, but these the, these experiences will will shape him, you know. Uh, and I am directly involved in that, and uh, I, I just found that that to be amazing, to be honest. Um, a funny thing that has happened recently uh, with uh, with with my daughter is that um, she like she's she, she's she's very quick to pick up words now. She, so she says things like you know she'll she'll say say things like cheeky like you know we call her cheeky. She'll say cheeky <laughs> back to me. You know cleaning and she'll be like yeah cleaning and she'll go do some cleaning. Um, so mm. that's that's like quite a cute thing that's happening now. She, she's just picking things up really, really quickly, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Her being all well, little, being like, kind of just just exploring herself now. Yeah, alhamdulillah, it's amazing. Allah, I know you, I know you said wrapping up, but I, you know, subhanallah, I just enjoy listening to you speak about fatherhood, man. I see the passion, I see the love, and subhanallah, father to father, man. I, it's just something, Akhi, may Allah preserve you. But I, I do have another yeah. question. Yes, it's about on. the kind of the father-daughter bond um mm. you know i mean alhamdulillah i've got my boy uh, alhamdulillah but with brothers and daughters i always like to ask them how how is that bond how is that how is that mm. relationship um yeah. she that is i mean that's not even a question she has to be she is you know but <laughs> how's the relationship how is it yeah my wife always says that she's a daddy's girl um is. it's very good alhamdulillah it's, uh I, I I love it. I love it, and it is different. It is different, but it's very hard to describe how it's different because it's it's this feeling that you have. Like when I'm with my son, the type of feeling that I have, or when I'm when I'm with my daughter, the type of feeling that I have, they are slightly different. They're both um, feelings of love. They're both. It's not not one is not below the other. One is not the, above the other. They they equally hold a place in my heart. But the way that the emotion is, is different. I guess when it comes to my son, um, I don't know, maybe like I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. Maybe I'll get shut down for, for saying this. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to say it. So when, I, when I look at my You're son, gonna get my son yeah? yeah, I'm going to get cancelled, <laughs> but who cares? Bro? Um, when I look at my son, I see like, you know, um, this like leader inside of him. I can see like a vision for him. I see like myself... Um, kind of uh, giving wisdom to him as he grows up. And in those moments that I'm playing with him, I can see that's the type of emotional bond that we have. It's like a dad kind of raising his son, you know. Um, but then when I saw my daughter, it's like a very soft emotion that I have with her. Uh, it's very much like um, I'm here to just kind of protect her and to um, give her the... Uh, when I say protection, I mean like give her opportunities to be herself, basically. Like allow her to be herself as much as she can because she's got a father behind her that can confidently allow her to do that. Um, and, and it's just like this kind of sweetness 
uh, and this um, sort of soft love and emotion I have with her. So uh, I think, you know, people are going to say like, a, it just sounds like a traditional kind of, you know, man and a woman and a son and a daughter kind of thing. But honestly, this is how I feel when I'm with them. Uh, and uh, I, I'm sure there's other people that agree with me as well. Um, I just can't, I, ca- I just can't describe it in like uh, a specific phrase or a specific words. You know, um, I need to. I should though. I need to think about that and 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 come up with. I'll coin a term, inshallah, and I'll I'll copyright <laughs> it, and it'll be dadhood dadhood dictionary, and I'll tell you what these uh, feelings are in a word. <laughs> I like that word, Aki. Trademark that quick. <laughs> yeah, have the love. Make sure you trademark that. That that's yeah, that's a catchy one. Alliteration as well, mashallah. Mashallah, <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah. Yeah, bro. Um, daughters are special. It's amazing. I'm I'm just looking forward to, uh, seeing like the development um from from here on because you know uh, our our kids are young and we're only we're only just kind of. We're in the early years of this fatherhood stuff, and I've had other brothers on this podcast who obviously have much older children, um, and they they've been through a lot more. So there's a lot more development, a lot more for us to see, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the relationship between my son and my daughter, and how they uh, the kind of sibling relationship that they have. Um, right now, they are quite tight, and um, whenever you ask them like, "Who's your best friend?" he will say Sarah, she will say Isa. So um, they have that kind of bond at the moment. Obviously, they fight all the time as well. It's how siblings are. But I'm looking forward to seeing like how uh, they develop with each other and um, how they kind of develop in terms of uh, their experiences when it comes to their parents. So when in terms of like how do they role model offer their parents is what I mean. Um, Mm. So, you know, does my daughter want to you know get does she get excited about wearing hijab because she sees uh her mother wear hijab does my boy um does he does he get excited going and seeing all the uncles at the masjid because he knows that's what his dad does right so i'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out um and uh i'm trying to not have too many expectations because i've spoken to older uh, uh brothers who've been in this this fatherhood game a lot longer than us and and uh, a lot of them have said like you might have all these expectations of how your child is going to be, but you and you can do as much as you want to kind of drive them in that direction. But they are an individual human being and they are going to have their own individual experiences as well. That is, that is going to shape them. And so such a scary thought. It's such a scary thought yeah. because right now you you literally do everything for them. And, uh, and 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 everything that they do is based on what you have given them or what what you do with them. But there's gonna come to a point later in life where they're gonna do things of their own accord as well. I think that's every parent's worst fear, is it? It's like <laughs> children waking up one morning and daddy's not their superhero, mummy's not the number one in their life, and it's like oh they've got other ones and needs. Uh, Allah, uh, may Allah Azza wa Jal uh, preserve our families. Um, um, you know and, and make them beacons of light for the ummah um you know i i i'm with you i'm with you you know it's it's one of the things you know, one of the advices i've got a lot from elders as well is 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 just enjoy the journey you know uh sometimes we get so much into planning mode and okay now he's one and a half he needs to be doing this like yeah. it's, worst thing to do is, is go on google especially when it comes to things about the development <laughs> of if they're not speaking by one month and three yeah. One year and three months and fifty-four seconds, then go to visit your nearest NHS, and it's like <laughs> everything happens in its own time, you know. And it's just about enjoying that journey, and and I'm trying to do it, inshallah. This I'm saying a lot of this stuff. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Just enjoy the journey, alhamdulillah. And yeah, obviously, like hair, bro. This was this was very very refreshing having this talk though haven't released a podcast episode in a while like i was saying to you before and um i was craving to speak about some some dad stuff man and uh, alhamdulillah it's been it's been good for the conversation oh yeah all right assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh